thank you for joining us at Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today's guest is Naomi Temperley, and we're going to talk about education. We're also going to talk about education in light of failure and why that's so important to us as we grow and develop as human beings and as career-minded individuals. So let's join the conversation. A couple of topics that you and I have talked about um, you gave me a list, which is great. I never have a list to usually walk around, you know, walk through or, or talk about. But, uh, you know, given, given this year, given everything that people are going through, the job changes, the circumstance changes, the geopolitical changes, it's exhaustive, right? Yeah. So one of the things we wanted, I've been focusing in on with every single person that's been on here so far, or at least in this mm-hmm. series, uh, Ed Henry, not, notwithstanding, we talked about pigs and Neuralink, which... It's a completely divergent topic, which is fun, um, has been around community. And so a lot of communities that we find ourselves in, like obviously you and I met uh, through a startup community, Alistair, yeah. and the phenomenal work he's doing at LineUpConf. And obviously he's doing something else in October, which I get to talk about with him shortly. Um, we've been involved in tech. You know, we have that kind of tech mindedness and that, that ecosystem tends to be very incestuous, right? It tends to be yeah. very insular and, you know, not a lot of you know, we, we like to have a lot of people come in, but not a lot of people ever escape it. So to a certain extent, I think one of the things that, you know, becomes important is how does that ecosystem evolve now that this world is kind of sucked in and trying to make sense of everything in your mind and, you know, shoot from the hip, tell me, tell me what's going on in your head. How do we become, well, let's say more inclusive, uh, Mm -hmm. more diverse, and how do we start to bridge the gap between tech and all these different, you know, kind of surrounding or tangential areas that we could have effect on? I know it's a large topic, so yeah. Well, chew on, chew fair, on what you want. Well, to be fair, t- tech sort of goes into everything now, doesn't it? Um, you know, I suppose it has to has to be part of several. You know, you've got like you've got an ecosystem almost has like sub ecosystem, doesn't it? But to be fair, they should all be sort of singing from the same hymn sheet and they should all be learning from each other. So you've got like, you know, really you've got loads of elements of, of, of what an ecosystem is. So you've got like, um, you know, it's really going back to sort of the basics. You've got, you know, internally you've got like, okay, you've got ideas, inventions, research, you've got, businesses at various stages so you've got the startups you've got the growth businesses you've got the the zebras you've got the unicorns zebras is a new one actually um you've you've got also you've got the entrepreneurs you've you've got investors you've got mentors you've got advisors um and then you've 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 got like loads of other things outside of that which are all part of it you know universities for example um I, I used to be, um, I don't know why, but I, I was massively intimidated by universities until I started engaging with them and working with them. Probably because I didn't go to university until I was 44. Um, so I always had this, this thing like, oh God, I haven't got a degree. But to be fair, it hadn't stopped me. Um, and yeah, I think um, universities um, play a really big part in any ecosystem, whether it's tech or, or other. Um, just for, 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 for lots of different reasons, um, you know, access to, um, you know, knowledge transfer, um, great talent, um, research, um, you know, financials uh, as well. Uh, so funding opportunities. 
Um, and I really think that, that um, you know, any really good ecosystem um, is, has to be inclusive because otherwise, you know, you, you, it, it doesn't work properly. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm based in Manchester. I'm part of lots of different ecosystems. Um, I co-founded something called Tech North Advocates um, about four years ago, which is part of something that's now global. So it started initially in London by a guy called Rushshaw, um, an American who is really passionate about tech in London. And he set up Tech London Advocates. Um, and it's just sort of grown from there. So there's about 10,000 people across the world in that ecosystem who really simply are just there to support each other um you know it's 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 there's no sort of hidden agenda um it's just really being there to support other other organizations and other people and the great thing is is that little old naomi in manchester has access to this much wider network um and that, that again going back to you know it makes me feel inclusive to be part of that um in, in manchester there's lots of different um i would say i probably get bashed for saying this but that there are silos um there's probably silos in the ecosystems where you are yep. um and i think the only way that they work well is is, is if they collaborate um so you know people support and help each other um and and also you know you think about you know i think it also is a mindset as well um i i work with um a lot of startups growth businesses you know businesses that want to solve problems so i help them innovate um usually sort of doing that through design sprints um to solve problems um you know the methodology of what a design sprint is and it's really um, interesting to, to for, for me, I, I can come into anywhere and quite clearly just by having a conversation with a, with a people and people talking about what they're doing is I can see um, straight away connections within the networks that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that is just... I suppose it's just in my head. It's just the way that my my brain works. Um, sure. And there's not a lot of people that are like that. Um, I think people, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of people I know just off the top of my head, again, in the UK that are brilliant at it. So a guy called Paul Lancaster, who is based up in Newcastle, um, a guy called Stuart Clark in Leeds. Uh, there's a woman called Sarah Tulip. She's also Leeds-based. Um, Pete Mills, Yorkshire based. Um, there's also, again, Rushshaw, who I mentioned in London. Uh, also, a really uh, another guy called um, Ollie. Oh, God, I've forgotten his surname. I'll find it in a sec. Um, <laughs> again, just really fantastic people who, who can just see straight away. It's almost like the Matrix, you know, where you can sort sure. of, okay, this, put, this, this is. This, this is how this can fit in and how, this is how these people could work together. Um, and I do think, again, if you want inclusivity, you also have to be collaborative. Sure. So going back to the, your comment you made about university, which I'm fascinated mm. by, obviously I've started my side trek into higher education as well. Yeah. But a lot of folks that I've met that haven't, you know, let's say been formally trained through university systems or education, yeah. 
have have said things very very similar to you. you thought you were at a disadvantage until yeah um you know what's that perspective like i mean again i did my undergraduate i did my you know graduate degree and you know mm-hmm. been blessed to be able to do that and it certainly i think has informed my worldview especially when it comes to sociological things this yeah. is really technical because i don't have technical degrees so what was it about you know, coming back to education, maybe that's the perspective we should have. Coming back to education, you know, having been through a career or having been mm. through several jobs that allowed you to see the value of, of it, number one, the value of mm-hmm. education, but also that made you realize that all was not for naught, you know, what you yeah. did and how you chose to live your life in that inter, you know, intersectional period of time, right, was, yeah. was extremely valuable. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So, so I was not particularly academic at school. Um, I was probably, um, I was bored. Um, you know, I, I'm not, um, I'm a very visual learner. Um, so for me, I suppose traditional education just didn't really work. Um, it didn't, you know, it, it's funny actually, because my youngest, I've got two daughters. One is 17 and one is 15. And my, my youngest um elizabeth is very very similar to me mm-hmm. um you know she can go into a room she can talk to anybody um she did a, a tedx talk in america with me when she was 11 um but she's not particularly you know she'll she'll pass her exams um sure. she she may want to go to university i'm not sure and i think sometimes you know going in as a mature student for, for me um it was always about um I think I've been challenged about not having a degree um, in the past. Um, I, I remember this is really sad, actually. I, ha- I had a, I remember I had, um, this is going off on a tangent now. Have you heard of, ever heard of emotional freedom technique? EFT, it's tapping. Oh, you like I tap. Heard, yeah, you heard tap of it, on. yeah. Yeah, so I had a, a friend of mine who was, who was learning how to do it and she needed some guinea pigs. So I was a guinea pig. And um, it was when I, it was probably about, God, it must have been 13 years ago now. It was when I first started doing uh, bits and pieces of speaking. I used to get really, really nervous. Um, and so she, she did this tapping thing on me and she said, oh, have you got anything else? And I said, well, actually, yeah, I've got, I've got a bit of a, um, it's not a chip on my shoulder. I don't know what it was, but it was like, I felt really inadequate because I didn't have a degree. And she sort of, she asked me all these questions and it turns out it stems from, I had this ex-boyfriend who had like a first class on this degree um, and he was a bit of a, excuse me, French, a bit of a twat. Um, <laughs> and he, he asked me to do my, my um, 12 times tables once. And I was like, what? And he was like, do you, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I think I'd had this raging 12 times table thing in my head. And oh that's God. And this, after we'd done this thing, this woman at the end of the session, she was like, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I can so, do 12 times 12. I mean, that's 144, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah, about, yeah. that's about the only thing I can do in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so when, when I, I, I started doing things with the universities probably about 12 years ago, and, um, you know, I just sort of doing like guest talks and things like that, just based on my experience, and then started getting involved in more and more stuff. I set up a youth enterprise employability company with two guys. And we worked quite a few, with quite a few universities and it was to bridge the gap between education, employment and enterprise. It was all around entrepreneurial thinking. And the more and more I started working with universities, the more I fell in love with them. And, and I think really um, that there's not always an obvious front door. 
um, with the university. So a lot of businesses don't bother because they, they give up because it's so difficult to navigate um, unless you know somebody. And um, I went to, um, I did a talk at a, um, a social media conference um, in 2014. And there was an academic there who um, he'd, he'd, he was on a panel that I was on. And somebody in the audience had asked a question uh, and they basically said, do I need a, a degree to do digital marketing? And I, and I was like, hell no. I don't think you do. I said, I think you, you know, if you're, you're good at communication, you can do this, this and this, and you don't need to have a degree to do, be a digital marketer. Um, so this academic, um, he, he grabbed me just before I was leaving. He said, I'd love to get you to think in, in a, an, an academic way. And I was like, why? He said, I, I said, I can't go to university. I've not even got any A-levels. Um, <laughs> And, um, and I always thought it would never be an option for me. And he was like, look, I, I want to send you some information. He gave me his card. And uh, anyway, in 2015, I started a digital marketing um, communication, a master's in digital marketing communications. So I skipped the, skipped the undergraduate, the graduate, and went straight <laughs> to doing a master's. So I was like, you know, I remember ringing up my sister and saying to her, I, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm starting a master's. <laughs> I'm proud. I was like, this, 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 um, this, um, yeah, going to university and it was very part-time so it fitted in with the freelancing that I was doing sure. um, there was people from all over this world on the, up the world who came on this course so it was it was like um, you would actually go in person um, for the, the weekend once every three months um, and then you would get work in between um, I lasted a year basically I cannot write in an academic way Mm. Um, I can only write sort of more opinion based type things. And, and that's, you know, I, I basically said to him, look, what do I have to do to get to wear a hat and a gown and graduate so I can have a party? Um, and they said, look, you just got to do these, this many assignments uh, and, and, and that's it. You're good to go. And, and you know what? I ended up with a postgraduate certificate, um, which I, I'm deeply proud about. Um, and, you know, I, Hilariously, um, another university I've been working with for, for years gave me an honorary fellowship uh, the year after, and now I am chair of the industry advisory board at the University of Salford Business School. So, hey ho to, to, yeah. to, to my whole sort of, I suppose it's like the imposter syndrome that I have. Uh, that's probably the thing that's sitting on my shoulder. Um, but yeah, I, I think for, for me, universities are amazing places. Mm -hmm. um, and I always encourage businesses to engage with their local university, but for many, many reasons. Um, one of the reasons that actually we have the advisory board, industry advisory board at the University of Salford Business School is so we can make sure that the students um, are employing em employment ready when they leave. And so that the, the curriculum is really based on what, what industry wants. And I think that's really important. Definitely. I mean, we see kind of, you know, even talking about current events, we see yeah. kind of, you know, I've, you know, I obviously spent a lot of time talking to my Irish peers, you know, so leaving certs was a big thing, yeah. right? You know, the inability to complete those or the fact that they, you know, were required or whatever. So a lot of those, those things, and I think American education tends to be a little bit, you know, wishy-washy with this as well you know there's such an emphasis of going directly from you know your high school or your your primary education into secondary level education right 
you know, you're not going to get a job unless you go to university. Mm. You're not going to get a job unless you do this. Um, And I think there's a subtle change that's been happening now that people realize, number one, people, the forcing function is most people are not going to physical university anymore. They're consuming things in different ways, right? And so we're seeing the the change in the shaping of education in a way that Hmm. I don't think anybody was prepared for it, honestly. It just seems to be education's reacting very, very, you know, is being very reactionary because they have to, not because they want to be, right? Yeah. There's the four walls of my institution no longer are sacred. Yeah. You know, I can, you know, we've always been able to access MIT's material online, right? You know, Mm -hmm. certain things have been provided as they go on. So when you look at that kind of landscape now, Yes, and congratulations on your, your, your postgrad, you know, certificate Thanks. and everything. You know, I'll pat on virtual pat on the shoulder for you. Thanks. And we had our party back in March. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you see, especially you know, given the age of your daughters, right? You know, my yeah. my, my daughter's my oldest daughter is you know, you know, second year in high school now, and so she's going to yeah. be looking at you know post high school mm. education. Do you see a change in how you know, adolescents, children, kids, whatever you want to call them, are approaching the workforce now. Is there that, is there room in that middle space? You know, I'm now 18 years old. I'm ready to go in where maybe internships and apprenticeships become more important as a way of going into education or is there something different there for you? Well, I've done a lot of stuff with young people, um, especially around um, entrepreneurial thinking and digital skills um for years um i think just based on my experience uh, again it depends on 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 the where the schools are etc is you'll have certain a lot of it's to do with the parents so you'll get perhaps first generation parents that may have gone to university that assume that that is the path that their kids should go to whether that that child whatever they want to do it is you know it's just about having a degree okay now there's always been apprenticeships in in the uk now they have higher level degree apprenticeships so basically um it's very similar to an apprenticeship you still get paid a, an amount of money but you actually get to do a degree and the employer pays for you to be able to do that it's a really great mm. option especially for, for young people that don't want to go into get into really big debt uh, because obviously the degree is paid for, they just do it at a slower pace, but they're working at the same time. Um, I think, you know, again, it really depends on, um, you you know, certainly with like my eldest daughter went to a grammar school and I would say 99% of the kids that go to that grammar school, their destination will be university. And that's not always because that's what they want to do. It's sometimes because it's the, what the parents want to do. So, so you've got to educate the parents just as much as the kids. But it's also as well, um, I think the, the schools, again, certain schools in certain areas are, are almost, it's like, you know, it's a big thing for them to say, oh yeah, 99% of our kids go to university. Yeah. Um, that's why this is a great school to go to. Um, I, I think, I think, apprenticeships are a really fantastic role you know route route for for young people and then also as well thinking about you know i've seen more and more um people going to university at a much later age 
you know, I know I've got several friends that didn't go to university until their thirties um, to become, you know, one of them was a physiotherapist. The other one became a chiropractor. Uh, they, they didn't decide what they wanted to do until they were much older. And, and again, you know, I think a lot of young people think that there is a, a linear path to your career. Yeah. Most people have multiple careers now. So it, they go off on different tangents and you learn from yeah. every different job. It's kind of a, it's kind of incredible. And I think, you know, something you talked about just momentarily, you know, touch on, you know, parents being a, a certain driver of that, uh, you know, from personal experience, you know, my father, you know, really, really emphasized the need for education in our, in our family. Yeah. So I did college. I did, you know, my master's degree. Um, and that was something that, you know, and looking back in my wise age now, it was yeah. certainly something that was an expectation from him. You know, it was something that he wanted. It was something that I did to accede to his wishes, right? And it was something that gratefully was, you know, covered and paid for. And, you know, I was afforded that opportunity where a lot of yeah. folks are not able to do it. You know, was able to emerge from it relatively debt-free. My brother, on the other hand, who is a brilliant, brilliant software engineer, I think mm -hmm. he did a semester of, you know, undergraduate yeah. you know, learning and decided it wasn't for him, but his entrepreneurial spirit took over, yeah. you know, from very young age, you know, he was, I, I, my brother Danny would probably kill me for saying this, but I think it started when he was like 10 years old yeah, and yeah, he's been yeah. doing it ever since, you know, so his yeah. idea of freelancing and, and consultant level work, I mean, I, I read his stuff that he, he does on LinkedIn now and I'm blown away by that. So there's, there's that different, uh, different approach to stuff. I'm, we're yeah. both successful as far as the world would determine us to be successful, yeah. but wildly different paths and wildly different emphasis is, you know, emphases, sorry, on, on, on those, on those training paths and those education. And now, you know, in my forties, I'm going back and I'm, you know, working on a doctoral degree on something yeah. that, that I'm passionate about. But I think that that age and that perspective, like you talked about, you going back to, um, to university at, Know, the wise old age of 44 um that perspective that you brought into that cohort and yeah. into that group of folks it, you know i think it's in, it's an interesting dichotomy right you have experience leading education versus education yeah. leading experience and you know so i'm always curious about how that represents itself ultimately in the end so your story is is incredible from that perspective i think I also recognize that people are choosing to do things later in life. I had a financial advisor at one point tell me, he goes, if I had to do things you know, differently, I wouldn't have gone directly from you know, grammar school into, mm. into university. I would have taken the time to mm. go and I, I won't say he, he, anything impolite, but you know, to screw around and figure yeah. out what I wanted yeah, to do, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. get some you know, get some miles under my, under my belt. Right. And I yeah. experienced life to a certain extent. Um, I don't know if that resonates with you a lot, but I, I love the, also the concept of learning while you work, you know? I, I, yeah, I, I, th I think so. But also um, something just else has just come into my head as well. That um, So I was part of a um, delivery team for um, digital skills in greater Manchester for um there's a program called go digital that the greater Manchester combined authority did and it was all about encouraging um young people to think about roles in the 
protect digital space when they when they so as you know them to think about subjects to pick but also to think about careers because there's lots of, of tech companies coming into manchester we we need to keep up with the skills so you need to encourage young people to think about it now i did the i did all the assemblies so i did about 50 assemblies and in all the assemblies i talked to the kids about um things that they probably wouldn't usually think about so you know most people think um careers in the tech sector it's all about coding and i would say to them well actually you know we we, we need people who are really good at communicating so who here stick your hand up if if you you get told for talking in class like we need people like you but you also <laughs> need to listen as well we also need creative people we also need people that can solve problems so creative problem solving skills are the number one career skill that you need for, for the world of work now um, and going back to what you said before about your, your brother and this entrepreneurial streak um, I, I think you know I, I think that that I have I have a streak whether it's I don't like the word entrepreneur it's it's for me it's like people say it and I'm like I'm not an entrepreneur but then I suppose I assume that I I I, I would think okay um that's you know I think you can have entrepreneurial thinking so entrepreneurs for me is like somebody who's like you know Jeff Bezos or someone like that <laughs> um, but I do think that entrepreneurial thinking will stand you in good stead for pretty much any and every job I think that's the really, really key. And it, again, it's that creative problem solving skills and having the ability to, to think on your feet and have, it's a lot of it's to do with common sense as well. I think common sense stands a lot of, you know, you can be the cleverest person in the world, but you, you, you might have not have any common sense. Yeah. Well, it strikes a lot of us, right? I, I yeah. you know, it was, I think again, age be, begetting wisdom yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. being able to look yeah. back and say hey you know listen what i thought was you know i was you know misconstruing intelligence for wisdom yeah. or book learning yeah if you will or education for wisdom and and, and those yeah. two are couldn't be further from each other at some points right you know yeah. I, I you know master you know master of none but you know knowledgeable about many you know or an inch deep and a mile wide you know those type yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, type of phrases kind of roll off the tongue but you're right. And that common sense becomes, you know, I learned very, I tried starting my own consultancy and I think I ran it for about five years and it was, it was great. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. What I didn't have fun with was the money. Yeah, because, me too. <laughs> you know, it yeah. strikes us all. I mean, I had somebody say to me, you know, the first thing that I would ever recommend if you're going to start your own business is take a basic accounting class because, you know, yeah. that's, that's education that begets wisdom. It's yeah. one of those situations yeah. where if you're not good with money, you're going to end up yeah. living hand to mouth. You're not going to ever find the advantage in doing it. And yeah. we can talk about rampant capitalism or late stage capitalism all you want to. And that's a whole different topic for another yeah. time. But some of these things that you learn in the course of it, I had to fail at running my own con consultancy and uh, fail relatively speaking to learn that. Yeah, I needed absolutely. to focus a lot more energy on yeah. understanding the flow of funds. Yeah through my business. And so some of these things I've come along with are, again, my degrees are in psychology and clinical counseling. Yeah. And I'm in tech in marketing, yeah. no less right now for a very large international company. And I sit there and laugh. I'm like, how did I end up here? Yeah. But like you're saying a lot of, you know, I would be the kid that was, I got in trouble for talking too much, but I would like, also, I be, was, I was, 
I, I can't imagine that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was, I, I was the, the kid that got told off for talking too much, uh, being fun, try, laughing too. I love school, yeah. but for the crack. Yeah, yeah, uh, precisely. Yeah. And and also as well, I think I think it also depends on the teachers that you have as well. Sure. You know, I didn't have. I, I actually, I did have. I had one teacher who was really inspirational and saw something in me. And I was the only girl in my high school that took metalwork as a, an exam subject. So metalwork as it was there was like, um, I suppose it's like design and technology, but it was like using metal to make yeah. things. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And he said to me, because where, where I was brought up, I was brought up in Farnborough. And in, where, in Farnborough, they have a very famous air show there. Yes. And um, they also have like, um, you know, if it, let's, let's just say there's a plane crash. That's where plane crashes go. And they, they find out how the plane crash and all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. And he said to me, he said, do you know what? You could be an engineer. Right. And I was like, I came home from school. And I said to my mum, my teacher said that I could be an engineer. And I was like, you know, nobody had ever said anything nice like that before. Um, and then, then we had the summer holidays. And then for the second year, he left. <laughs> he left and I was devastated and I was yeah. like I don't want to do it anymore so I did drama instead but but do you know what he was like one of the only teachers that actually saw something in me apart from you know like baby school teachers sure. um and that and that's really sad that's really sad so you know the, the stuff that I've done with kids again I've sort of done it on a freelance basis for a number of different organizations and my own um I've actually gone in and um there's a company called um, Digital Inc. And it's all about being um, inclusive uh, for, for digital, but also about helping young people how to come up with digital solutions. And generally they go into um, a school for a week. They work with a group of 20 kids. And at the end of the week, they have an MVP for a digital product. They have a website. They have social channels. They have a blog with content on it. The lot. In, in a week and it's the most incredible thing that I've done I've, I've met so many incredible kids doing it and it's, it always astounds me when the teachers say do you know what they, they, they actually love coming into school now because they're doing something that's fun and interesting and and is, is using because we, we also do this thing at the beginning of the sessions called IMA so it's about identifying mod modifying and adapting what your behavior your communication mm -hmm. style is so we have like there's like yellow uh, green blue and red um, it's like assertive people non-assertive open sure. and closed sure. people um, and, it, and, it's, and it's really great. We always make sure that there's a mix of, of different um, kids and we get kids that haven't usually worked together. But just finding out, you know, skills that they didn't think that they had is just, just amazing. Um, so, you know, I was, as, as an adult, um, I was, um, and I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing because <laughs> I'm still learning, but I always find the best things out of people, you mm -hmm. know, find out what the... What the what their sweet spot is, if you know what I mean. And that all comes from asking really good questions. Um, and again, this is another skill. Actually, I don't think that, that schools encourage enough because actually when you do ask questions, you get told off for, for putting your hand up. Yeah. And, and, and being inquisitive is a really, really good skill. I would, I would, I would hope it is. You know, and I, I think there should be a huge thing. We call it Socratic learning. You know, like we ask a lot of questions and you learn by doing that. I, yeah. I don't, don't yeah. know how many 
situations I managed to bluff my way through just by asking questions, you know, because yeah. it makes me appear smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this conversation notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, being yeah, able to take the piss out of yourself is also pretty de fun too. Yeah, <laughs> de definitely. Trust me, definitely for me. Uh, yeah. I, I always ask. I, I'm. Do you know what my friends have said to me? You, you almost interview people. And I just can't help it because I'm genuinely interested in people. Yeah. It's not because I'm nosy. I'm just interested. And that's it. I'm interested in how people got to where they are and, you know, their career paths and what they like doing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it because actually it's always stood me in good stead. And, and interestingly, um, I read a really good um, article. I'm just going to see if I can find it um, quickly for you now. And it was all about um, making your own luck. Yep. Um, but also based on situations. So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've said yes to so many things um, in, in my sort of, because I've had sort of a couple of career iterations. So I went from the travel industry to um, recruitment and then going from recruitment to um, events and then doing the whole tech thing. Yep. And it's just... Again, going back to, to what I said before, is, is about having, you know, lots of different types of careers. But, um, God, you know what? I don't even know what I'm talking about now because I'm trying to find this bloody thing. <laughs> I've got, well, I've got while you're looking for that, I, I can, I can <laughs> certainly bolster, academically, I can bolster your argument. So I was reading something uh, for part of my research in yeah. the maker community. The maker community within a disadvantaged area or a marginalized community. Yeah. And one of the things that they reinforced through this study was done in Detroit and North Carolina, um, or Michigan and North Carolina, I should say, was that by enabling kids, you know, mm -hmm. through a community, you know, community focus yeah. to problem solve, not necessarily giving yeah. them the answers, because I think a lot of times yeah. we want to because we are those no, type of people, especially parents. Yeah. Yep. giving them the ability to problem solve and to find things that was in their community, you know, their, yep. uh, their local geographic community, as it were, yep. things that they could solve and they could solve for. I think one of them was talking about heated bus seats and versus heated bus stops, right? Because one of the kid, children's moms was a bus driver and yep. noticed that. And when winter hit, you know, it was, it was terrible on how to get yeah. more people to use this. So yep. being able to go in there and focus and not giving them the answers, but giving them yep. enough, you know, information, letting them problem solve and then reinforcing it. Just like that yeah. metalwork, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you know, teacher gave you that those words became the reinforcement of your ideals, right? Yeah. It became your excitement, became that kind of energy that carried you through. And I think a lot of that, even going back to some of the stuff we talked about early on, the ability for anyone to come in and encourage and lift up and, and just mm -hmm. bolster by saying, you can do this, yeah, yeah. whether through an education frame or through a social yeah. frame or through, you know, an entrepreneurial frame, as much as you, you know, that, that word yeah, yeah. kind of means a lot of different things to different people. You know, you and I have been involved in some of the startup communities, obviously in Northern Ireland, um, in, in the UK and Ireland at large you know, and being able to see kind of that passion and purpose. It's, it's thinking and going to that idea and having great people like yourself, um, Chris McClellan, Alistair yeah. Cameron, like Mary McKenna, you know, <laughs> great yeah, example yeah. Oh, as well. I love her, yeah. and, and yourself, you know, coming alongside and saying, Hey, listen, you can do this. Think mm. about those problems. Think about them yeah. constructively. Sure. There's some money on the line. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to fund it somehow, but being able to push through and, and kind of look at those, those problems and being able to creatively solve it. That's, you know, I think that's 
you know, it's important. It's something that hopefully universities, you know, education in general, yeah. starting even from grammar school all the way back up, should be encouraging children to do that, should be encouraging young adults to do that, should be encouraging mid-career folks to do that. Yeah. What are the I, problems I, well, that you're I, finding that you can go and, and challenge and change? Well, this is also, it's, again, it's about, um, I'm fascinated by entrepreneurship as well. Um, I went to this really fantastic conference in Paris um, in, when was it? I think it was 2014. And um, it was very exciting because um, I got the train down from Manchester to London and then we got the train from St Pancras to Paris. And we met a can-can girl on the train called Chloe, who was from Blackpool. She was a can-can girl. So that was the very exciting bit. <laughs> um, and we were going to this entrepreneurship conference and um, they had like all these really cool people from all over the world there talking about um, programs within their businesses and also their organizations. So the US government has an entrepreneurship program. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know whether they've got it anymore because of what's the face, uh, what's his face, but uh, they probably got rid of it. Um, but they have a, an entrepreneurship program. There was this guy from the military who, who again, he was talking about this, this uh, how they, they, they would talk to, you know, the, the people on the front line. And again, it's the same as if you had a factory. So Nike, for example, or Nike, or whatever you call it, um, they, they were talking about a story about um, they had somebody who um, was working on the factory um, floor and he said, I would like to us to develop trainers that I can buy. Mm -hmm. So he helped them design a pair of trainers that were more reasonably priced because he, he put up his hand and put himself forward for it. Um, and I think more and more companies need to think about doing this for many reasons. A, it gives, it gives um, the employees a sense of purpose mm -hmm. um, and makes them feel like they are always like the owners of the business. It, or even they, have, they, yeah. Yeah, they invested, they have some, they take some ownership. And I'm, I'm always fascinated also by human centered design. So um, I'm involved with a, an amazing organization called Future Everything, um, who, who basically, um, they're an arts organization, but they, they, they solve problems and, and do create stuff through tech and digital. Um, and they always start with having conversations with local communities and, and it just, they're just absolutely fantastic. So again, it's like going back to what you said before about the, the you know, the, the young kids and, and getting them to, to solve problems. It's also about get communities. And again, this is why I love, um, I did the um, Jake Knapp, um, oh God, what's it called? Uh, AJ Smart um, course during lockdown. Um, it's, it's basically AJ Smart. They have a design sprint masterclass thing that you can do over the course of a number of weeks um and it, it really sort of i've been doing them for years but this was sort of giving me a methodology to sort of use again and again and you can actually use it for, for pretty much anything and everything um but kids and communities need to know how to do this and also organizations you know the biggest problem that i see with the companies that i work is communication within the company yeah. they don't talk to each other and it's like, you know, again, going back to our original subject, which was um, the ecosystems, unless conversations happen or sometimes are facilitated, stuff doesn't happen. Yep. 
Um, but going back to this article, it was um, it was called that it was about the ser I've sent you the link to it. It was about uh, the serendipity mindset. So how to make your own luck and seeing meaning in the unexpected can help turn mistakes into opportunities. Nice. A really, really interesting. Um, I'm gonna have to read, read it. Yeah, you should. It's a really interesting read. And and actually, I would say just just a lot of the things that I've been involved in has just been purely by bumping into the right person at the right time or because something's cocked up and you know yep. and I think you know one thing I will say um in this in the UK um we're not very good at um at the word failure and learning from it and I think people need to talk more more about their failures there's, there's a great um there's a great um, concept similar to sort of like TEDx called um, fuck up nights where people nice. talk, Google yeah. it. Um, if you don't know about to. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and people just basically talk about their fuck ups, yeah. talk about what they've learned. And, and it's just, yeah, it's just very, very cool. <laughs> I sense and given our time, I yeah. sense that's a great topic for next time. Whoa. We can talk about fuck up nights or learning yeah. through failure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Naomi, it's been great to have you on. I really appreciate this. You know, we've we've certainly uh, we've started from a very large pool of thought and and it worked our way down into education, which I think is in, incredibly valuable, especially as kids are returning to school and we see universities yeah. kicking off and, and everything that's going on here. And hopefully that will spur some thought. So I I really appreciate your time this morning. I it's been a pleasure. Will, yeah. Well, we're gonna do this again. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm, I'm just warning you ahead of time. We're going to, we're going to do this conversation again and we're going to do it differently with uh, different topics. That's what I mean. Yeah. Differently. Whatever. Um, next time maybe in a pub. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> but thank you for your time. Thank you for Pleasure. the work that you do. I, I have a feeling that we're going to be working together again, probably very shortly, yeah. depending cool. on, you know, the people that we know and are involved with yeah, in, yeah, in the startup yeah. community. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. Thank you for your time. I look forward to our next conversation. And yeah, there we go. Cool. <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us at Elemental Collision. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Naomi Temperley. If you'd like to know more, please visit technorthadvocates.com. Looking forward to the next conversation with you. Thank you.